I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 276 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we get specific with social media and discuss paid or dedicated social media managers for your hobby podcast. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we power through the press as we fence our words. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we might be bringing on a third co-host. What? Lauren, <laughs> you already were the third co-host. Start us now. This is Better Podcasting. We are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Welcome to episode 276 of Better Podcasting. I am Steven, and I'm pleased to say the one that you've tuned in for, SP, is here this week. I'm not only here, I am on Earth and not exploded. My gosh, Steven, I just got to say this. The biggest rocket ever lifted off and flew for four minutes before they had to blow it up. What a great ride. SpaceX, congratulations on your first Starship flight. Maybe next time you make it into orbit. <laughs> hey, if you like talk like that, you should come to the best geek community over on the Better Podcasting slash Gonna Geek Discord. Come on over there to betterpodcasting.com forward slash Discord. We'd love to have you there to talk about that sort of stuff as well as other amazing geeky topics. You can check that all out at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. It is the best geek community around. But we've got an exciting day this week, don't we, SP? We do. If you've been listening to the show lately, you know that we've been talking the last few weeks about outreach to potentially help your podcast. And in the process, we've talked a lot about you. You, I mean, a hobby podcaster. You handling your own social media, you handling your community engagement, you doing all that work. But there is another option. What about the possibility of having somebody dedicated to manage this side of things? That's the social media side of things. You might be thinking, hey, SP, that costs money. Does it? Well, yeah, it does. That's one option. And I've actually explored that on one of my podcasts, but it doesn't have to be. It could be somebody from your community stepping in to help run your social media, perhaps be a community manager, perhaps being a moderator in your community and work on your behalf. And the Gunna Geek Network itself is, I think, a great example of this because we on the Gunna Geek Network are a bunch of people who are proud hobby podcasters and proud geeks getting together to create the site. And, and there are different people that help with different shows and different aspects of shows. And, and that's all just people who love the community feel. So you never know once you start to build your podcasting community, who might step up to what role and you might be able to have somebody step in to handle these sort of things that SP just mentioned to. And today we want to talk all about that. The idea of having somebody else take care of your social media or maybe just your community development in general on behalf of your podcast. So as we said, this can happen by either using like a dedicated team member, as we just mentioned, or you could actually pay for a service because these services do exist. 
if you are somebody who's looking to actually pay some money into your podcast, you might hire somebody to act in this role. If you're going to do either of these things, though, you should really think about creating a set of guidelines for the interactions that are going to happen on your behalf. Who's going to own the accounts and the login credentials? And what's your social media strategy? Is it going to be something to do with the most recent episode? Or is it going to be something that you are going to have them go out on their own and get in touch with people through a more organic reach? If you want to go to our prior episode, you can hear all about this sort of strategy because it's going to apply to somebody acting on your behalf, just like we talked about in the most recent episode. Yeah, and with the outreach strategy, nothing is set in stone, remember? You have to evaluate and update or tweak as necessary. And your best results, whatever your goals may be, may come after modernizing your approach. This outreach or social media strategy can be especially important if people are volunteering their time to help. After all they do for you for free, they might start to feel a little entitled. And no matter who foots the bill for whatever tools you're using, they may start to think they're entitled to a part of your podcast. We've seen it before, and where this has happened, it can get kind of nasty, actually, because you have the podcaster thinking it's their podcast, it's their IP, it's their brand, but then you have the community manager, social media manager, whatever, sitting off to the side saying, yeah, but I've done all this work too. I should have a part of the show. So setting expectations up front can help mitigate who actually owns what in the end. And what friendships will not be severed in the end too. Now, if you do want to use a paid social media manager for your podcast, it's definitely an option, but there comes with its own advantages and disadvantages to this approach. We want to go through some of those right now, and we'll start off talking about some of the advantages. Well, number one is that if you're paying somebody and you vetted them properly, of course, they will have professional expertise in this area. A paid social media manager likely has done this before with different platforms and different brands or podcasts, and they probably have expertise in the marketing and the advertising side of things. They might actually be able to use that to give you some strategic guidance, maybe identify some trends that you need to know to help develop your podcast even, and create effective campaigns that can help increase your podcast visibility and reach because again, they have this history. It also can be very time-saving because with somebody that you're hiring like that, there's probably going to be more of a hands-off approach. Managing social media accounts really can be very time-consuming, especially if there's multiple platforms. And by paying an expert, somebody who does this stuff for a living, they can take care of all of those tasks for you and allow you just to focus on your podcast. And you know that they've got the experience to be able to effectively use their skills to manage your social media. And also paying somebody who does this probably going to create a pretty consistent approach. There's probably going to be a consistent brand message and tone across all of your different social media platforms if you've paid somebody to manage all of these platforms. They can help ensure that your posts are regular and consistent with the messaging, helping make sure that everything is cohesive across all of the different ways that people can find you. And of course, there's data involved. This is my favorite part because you know what? I like data. I like to dive into the metrics, look at all the details, 
and you know, if if SP is giving it to me, I just throw them away and throw caution to the wind because I just think about what would I do. But putting that aside, usually I like to get into the numbers and a social media manager can really help you track these different metrics, provide you with regular reports. And this can help you keep informed with the decisions that need to be made for your, not only your social media strategy, but maybe also help shape your podcast to maximize engagement, reach, and conversations and different approaches to all of your outreach. They are experts at this. That's why you're hiring them. So they can probably give you some insight based off of all the experience they have doing this for a job. There are some disadvantages for a hobby podcaster to have a paid social media manager. And the first thing that we can think of is cost because most hobby podcasts don't have any budget at all. Hiring a social media manager can be costly, especially if you're just starting out and have a limited budget. Depending on the social media's level of expertise and the services they offer, the cost of that manager can vary greatly. And to give you a little bit of snippet, I looked into one that would do four to five posts a day during the weekday for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I did this, I uh, ran into somebody at Podcast Movement. We had some conversations before I went there and they said they would do it for $500 a month, which was reasonable, I thought, at the time. But then I started thinking about it and I asked, well, so who responds to those posts and then who creates the engagement and what happens if there's something that blows up on the weekend or something like that? Nope, that would all be me. So I'm literally hiring somebody to schedule four to five posts a day, which I could actually do myself. Have I done that? No. but if I wanted to, I could, and I would save $500 a month. So cost is an issue. And that's like the bottom rung there, $500 a month. That's a lot of money for most hobby podcasters. I'd say a good 98, 99% of hobby podcasters probably could not afford that out of their own pocket. I was willing to front the bill as a promotional thing and as a trial for here for better podcasting, but that's not something I could sustain long-term. So that's the first disadvantage of a paid podcast social media manager. Another one is a lack of control. Hiring a social media manager means entrusting them with your brand's voice and messaging. It's important to ensure that the person you hire understands your vision and your brand identity. And they're able to represent your podcast in a way that aligns with your goals and values. It's very important. There is another disadvantage with communication. There might be some communication issues between you and the social media manager. If you're not clear, crystal clear about what you want or expect, or if there are any misunderstandings, this could neg negatively impact your social media presence. And that would kind of hurt. You're not talking like your brand is going to have a million. As a hobby podcaster, you're not going to have a million followers. but you might have some really dedicated followers and you might make a misstep and you'd be like, oh, we need to backpedal from that, which could be difficult. And there is no guarantee that hiring a social media manager will result in a significant increase in downloads or engagement. Like any marketing effort, any promotion, anything that you're putting into outreach, success depends on many factors, including the quality of your content, the audience that you're targeting, and the effectiveness of your social media strategy. 
Now, overall, if you combine those two, the advantages and disadvantages, hiring a social media manager for your podcast can be a valuable investment if you have the budget and you are looking for professional guidance and expertise. However, it's important to weigh both the advantages and disadvantages before making that decision to bringing somebody on board and to carefully vet any potential candidates to ensure they are a good fit for your podcast. We'll talk more about that later. So let's move a little bit away from social media over to the community side of things, because the community presumably will be built around your podcast as you start to podcast. It often happens, not always, but it often happens. There's some form of community that comes together, especially when you're so passionate, like a hobby podcaster is about the source material. And as you do that, you might need to have a dedicated community manager. And having a dedicated community manager is going to also come with some advantages and disadvantages. And let's start off by talking about the advantages. First off, it can help create engagement for your podcast. Having a dedicated community manager is going to increase engagement with your audience by making sure to actively respond to some of those comments, messages, and emails that come up. This will create a much better relationship between you and your listeners and your audience because they're not just sending an email or a message off to you and it's going into the void. No, there's somebody actually there to respond and make sure that they know how loved they are for listening to your podcast. This can also encourage other audience members to become more invested in your podcast when they hear about this engagement. Another thing that's an advantage is that it can help improve communication because a community manager can be responsible for managing and monitoring your podcast's various accounts and moderating online discussions, making sure to communicate important information to your audience as well. This can help make sure that whatever important message you've got for your podcast is relayed to your audience. Again, this creates the consistency and make sure that it is effective communications and messages to your audience because you're not sitting there trying to do something in the middle of all of your different podcast things that you've got to do. No, this is somebody dedicated to help foster that community and make sure to get those messages across. Also, it will help you save time, of course, because managing these online communities is a huge task. If you've ever had a part in any community management, you know how much time it can consume. If you're trying to do all the things with your podcast and somehow fit in managing a community, you're going to have to stretch yourself thin or get really creative with your scheduling. You can do this. A lot of hobby podcasters do this, but this will save you a portion of that if you are having somebody dedicated to take care of your community. This will allow you to focus on the other things to do with your podcast, of course, like the development of it in itself. And then the last advantage we want to mention is all about the audience feedback. A community manager can help curate all of that feedback that's going on in the community around your podcast. This helps you get ideas for your future podcast. This will help that your audience share thoughts that might make its way into your podcast. This might even help bring up concerns or issues that can come up surrounding your podcast. Say you do an episode and something is taken out of how you meant it to be and people on your community start to talk all about it. And because you're so busy producing your podcast, you don't realize that that's there. 
you might not be aware of how something you said came off to the rest of your audience and the community manager can really help bring that feedback to your attention so you can address it and hopefully say, hey, hey, no, this is not what I meant. This is how I meant it. And bring that onto your podcast to discuss in the future. As before, there's some disadvantages to having a community manager because first of all, it means entrusting them with your podcast voice and messaging. It's important to ensure that the person you appoint understands your vision and your brand identity and is able to represent your podcast in a way that aligns with your goals and values. A great example of this is a government or corporate press secretary. No matter how much you prepare the person, once they're out interfacing with your audience, the unexpected can and does happen. This could be in the way of the press conferences that you see on TV. It could be in a simple social media interaction that's out there or in your community. Say like you have a Discord community like we do and you have a couple hundred or a couple thousands of people in there. There's going to be rapid messaging at times and the community manager needs to be able to respond to that in a timely manner, they can't keep going back and checking with you the entire time. So they need to understand your voice, your messaging, your tone, what your goals are and what your values are. Because if they don't, they might say something in an official capacity for your podcast that is not what you'd like to say. Next, there may be some communication issues between you and the community manager. If you're not crystal clear again about what you want or expect, or if there are any misunderstandings, this could negatively impact your podcast online presence. Without that general set of guidelines that everybody agrees to that we talked about last episode, the interactions might go to a place where you really don't want them to. And as before, results may vary. There is no guarantee that hiring a community manager will result in a significant increase in engagement or downloads. Like any marketing effort or any community development effort, success depends on many factors, including the quality of your content, the audience itself, and the effectiveness of your community management strategy. Now, if you combine the two, the advantages and disadvantages whether or not having a dedicated community manager on your hobby podcast team is worth it depends on your goals, budget, and overall strategy. If you do have the resources and are looking for professional guidance and expertise, a community manager can be a valuable investment. However, if you're just starting out and have limited resources, I sound like a broken record, but it's kind of the same <laughs> thing. It may be more effective to focus on creating quality content and building your online presence yourself to start before you leap into this. So given that we're a hobby podcast dedicated to the hobby podcaster, we think the chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to fall more into the camp of having somebody, you know, help out rather than actually paying for either of these services. So what are some of the good qualities that you might be looking for if you are going to consider bringing somebody on that you know to put your faith into that they can act on your behalf, whether it's for social media or for helping develop your community. Well, first thing we want to bring up is somebody who regularly listens to your podcast. They will be better suited to keep in line with the general feel of your podcast if they actually listen to it 
and they are volunteering their time to help act on your behalf. You also want somebody who's trustworthy, worthy, of course, because if they're not trustworthy, how are you going to put your trust into them to act on your behalf? You hopefully will find somebody that's either social media or community driven and familiar. What I mean by that is you don't want to ask somebody to go act on behalf of your Twitter when they've never actually used Twitter themselves. That might be a bit of a tall order. You also, along those lines, want to make sure that you have somebody who has thick skin. Why we say this is because you might have been doing your podcast for a while, and if you have, you've probably gotten various types of feedback over the years, and some of that is negative, and you might be kind of used to that now because anybody that's podcast for a while knows that you got to take the good with the bad, and sometimes people on the internet can be quite nasty. Well, if you're asking somebody to act on your behalf, if it's through social media or something like that, now they might be the first line getting some of that feedback. And you want to make sure that they're prepared to do that because otherwise it can, it can be hard for somebody who has no idea that there's the negative side of podcasting to suddenly be thrown in the fray. So make sure that they're a little prepared for that and that they can handle that because the last thing you want is for them to being out on social media, knee-jerk reacting to something that is throwing them off because it's negative. And the last thing we want to mention is you want somebody who's genuinely interested in the topics that you're talking about. Yes, people sometimes get drawn into a podcast for the personalities. That's a huge part of listening to a podcast. But if you are going to be acting in a community capacity or a social media capacity, we've talked about this. You have to have the engagement of the things that aren't directly tied to your podcast in order to be successful. And that means they would need to be able to engage in conversation around the subject material of your podcast. So they really need to be really interested in the topics that you discuss on the podcast, not just interested in the hosts themselves. So once you have your social media manager or your community manager, it's time for you just to let your hands off and just go and, and do your own thing, right? Just turn the keys over and let them go for whatever drives they want, engagements and all that stuff, right? Just let them go. No, no, definitely not. How will you know that they're not representing you in a way that you don't want to be? It doesn't even have to be malicious, but we're all humans and sometimes make bad judgment calls or have slightly different personal values or whatever. So you should have a level of trust, but you should keep an eye on things to a degree. What's that old term? Trust, but verify, right? Occasionally you need to go in and check the brand posts. You need to check in with the person or people that are running it. You need to help flag things you might think might be misaligned with your vision. Otherwise, it can escalate. If there's somebody that's overly negative in your community or is a troll, in the community manager or social media manager is so engaged that you just don't notice it, which is few and far between, granted, if they're in there. But you just point it out and can help nip it in the bud before it becomes a broader issue. You can ensure, by the way, that you have proper recovery options for the applicable accounts that tie to one of the owners of your podcast or all the owners of the podcast. If you have community email addresses or some sort of way to authenticate yourself as a group or just a person, right? And that's to save the person from just changing the password and, and running on their own. 
Now, ensure the person is making content within the feel of your podcast as well. Once you've gone for a while, you can dip in here and there and you can see what's going on. I'll give you an example from the moderation standpoint over on our podcasting. It's kind of a community manager thing, right? Over there, I'll go in and I'll check in and people do it to me too. I'll check in and just make sure that the interactions that's happening between the moderators and the individuals are okay. Just go in and see what's going on and just make sure everybody's aligned. And over time, you get to know everybody's intricacies and and what's going on after years. I think it's been about three years that I've been doing this. And you just get to know that. So just going in and check spot checking from time to time is great. And have somebody spot check you too, because you don't want to be the Lone Ranger out there making mistakes. Now, along those same lines, this is something you want to consider as well, is making sure that you come up with some form of content plan for this individual or these individuals that are going to be representing your podcast. You want to make sure this content plan does directly tie to your podcast. We discussed in the last couple episodes how you need to engage with with people on social media and in communities, both directly specific to your podcast, but also with content that surrounds the general topic. Well, for that directly related portion, how are you going to make sure that that representative is getting that directly related information? Because you don't want them to think, okay, I'm going to help out with the social media. Oh, wait, now they're asking me to go clip audiograms from the podcast. No, you want to feed them whatever the direct portion is that you want represented online. And so come up with that plan. How are you going to get those clips if you're going to do that over to them or the quotes that you think will be funny to put on there. How are you going to make sure that you are passing information directly related to your podcast to that individual so that you have that properly represented on your social media or within your community? It might be specific content to share, but also it might very well be just the general gist of something that you could use for your show. For example, you might say, hey, we want to do an episode all about paint drying. Can you go ahead and get us some feedback about paint drying? And then once you have that, I'd like you to just quote a little bit about what we did in our most recent episode about paint drying. So you give them a general gist of what it is in order to be able to talk directly about your podcast. Stephen, I'm confused. A singular episode about paint drying? Uh, I stand corrected. (laughs) You have your whole podcast on paint drying, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Now, this might also be a prudent time to mention that you might need a team of people to help, particularly if you have a successful growing community. The more your podcast grows, the higher chance you'll need moderators. You may need a series of community managers, as a matter of fact. And what does that look like? Is somebody delegated to be the lead manager in charge? Do you want to have a say in those day-to-day operations? Or can you trust that lead person to help recruit moderators based on their opinion? If it's the latter, you probably want to make sure that the lead manager is going over the same legalities and expectations and strategic plans that we previously discussed. If it's the former then you're going to be involved and you're going to be taking a lot on that yourself or your direct podcasting team. We've talked about some of the roles that a dedicated community manager or a social media rep may have, 
but what are some things that you could have them do for your podcast? Well, first, take a listen to our last couple of episodes. A lot of that. We talked a lot about that. But also, since they will be a liaison for you, consider these. They can relay feedback and information to and from you, from your community or your audience. They could provide insight to what has resonated with the audience from your podcast, and then you could double down and do some more content along those areas. You can identify areas that might have a lot of passion from your community, social media followers. If there's something that they're really into, maybe a a running joke or something like that, you might want to lean into that a little bit and do a little bit of fan service because they're going to appreciate that, especially if you recognize them by name. And maybe being a part of your show as a reporter on the street, you can use your community manager or your social media rep to either call in or send you, if you don't like playing audio from somebody else, they can write you an email or whatever. But really having that voice on the other hand is great. You could even have them write, read script. Like they could read fake ads for you. That would be that additional voice, right? You can create them a part of your podcast by doing something fun for your show as well. Lots of options to have them be a liaison for you and to also have fun with them along the way. Now, the last thing we want to go over in the main segment here is all about change. What happens if something changes with the level of investment that you have with your social media or your community? Maybe now you want to suddenly get more involved with it. You might have started off your podcast and realized, I can't do this. I can't run social media. So you had somebody help do that for you. But now things have changed. You've set in a little bit to the routine of your podcast. And now you feel like, yeah, I can get a little more involved. You might have more time or maybe you feel that now that your community is starting to grow, you actually are craving a little more personal direct interactions with your listeners and your community members. Do you have a plan for how to handle this? Because you got to remember, if you've set somebody up here to manage all of this stuff, they're going to feel a passion about it. Hopefully, they'll feel proud about what they've done. And now if you're going to start to come into that space and start getting into what they have built, they might start to feel a little bit pushed out or a little bit left out. So what can you do to be able to get into that, that space and not hurt them? Because you, they volunteered their time. Hopefully, you don't want to hurt their feelings if this is something that's been amicable, but you just want to get more involved. So you want to try to consider this up front. If it is something that someone's volunteered a bunch of time to help you grow your podcast, social media, or community, be respectful about it. Let them know that you appreciate everything and maybe just out, outright tell them, I'm looking to get involved a little bit more. So you might see me getting in there. It's nothing that you've done wrong. I just am wanting to, I've got a little more time and I want to start putting a little more direct interaction in there. And hopefully maybe you can come to some form of agreement so that you're not stepping on each other's toes as well and hopefully be able to keep them on board. Remember, they didn't have to volunteer their time if you're a hobby podcaster and you had somebody come to volunteer their time to help. You may even owe them some big credit towards helping grow your show depending on how those relationships were fostered on social media, or around the community. So keep that in mind and just be respectful because the odds are, if they've been involved, they feel very proud about what they've done to help develop that community. 
this gets kind of back to where we started, where sometimes things can go a little bit sour if all of a sudden somebody who has helped develop the community feels like they're being left out now. In summary, running a podcast itself can be a very difficult task and take up a lot of your time and efforts. And there's a lot you have to take on, and some people don't have the time to also run a social media or community presence, or at least one that has a meaningful impact. If you're going to bring somebody else on to help you in these areas, you need to find that right balance between you and them that keeps the feel in line with your podcast, but also gives them the freedom to be creative and care for your social media and community. We'd love to know, what are your thoughts about all of this? Have you ever tried paying somebody to manage your social media before? Or have you maybe brought somebody on to help manage your community? Get in touch with us through any of the ways we'd love to know. You can even come over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And while you're there, we'd love to know your thoughts on next week's topic, which is going to be all about podcast branding. This is the Better Podcasting Download. For those of you that didn't know this about me, I'm a website nerd. I've been making websites since I was young, Stephen, and I enjoy helping make websites. And one of the things that has really taken off in the last 10 or so years is a thing called WordPress. Probably far more than 10 years, but a lot of people use WordPress in order to help manage their site and, and make sure that they have content on their site. And in there, there is a bunch of different plugins that help build that WordPress. Well, there's sometimes vulnerabilities that come up in the WordPress world, because if you think about it, you got a lot of sites using WordPress. That means there's a lot of people trying to break into that security because there's a lot of bad actors in the world. And there is this plugin slash security service called WordFence for WordPress, and they really help focus on the security side of things, making sure the WordPress installation is safe. But one of the things that they also do is they have a newsletter that you can subscribe that talks about some of the latest vulnerabilities that have been discovered in WordPress. WordFence is responsible for a lot of these, and I have been subscribing to their newsletter for years now. And there's a lot of things that come up in there that maybe I don't use, but I find really interesting just to see some of the things that have been found within WordPress. And sometimes these actually go back to not just plugin vulnerabilities, but actually WordPress core issues themselves. Well, today we want to talk about one that a lot of podcasters have used, and it's called PowerPress. Because last week, it was uh, the, the day before we recorded the previous episode and I hadn't checked my email. Uh, actually, I think it was the day of now that I think about it. There was an email that came out from WordFence that had said, there was a vulnerability discovered in Blueberry's PowerPress plugin. I can't even say that. Can't even say it once, let alone 10 times fast. Yes, if you didn't know about this, PowerPress is a huge plugin within the podcasting world. It does a lot of things really good. A lot of people are really uh, happy with the feature set that it offers. A lot of people build RSS feeds using it. A lot of people even use it as a core aspect of various podcast-based themes that are available. Well, there was a vulnerability that was discovered in PowerPress. Now, before you freak out too much, know that if your website is mostly locked down to people you trust, 
you're probably okay because the gist of the vulnerability from what I've read is that essentially people who have what's called contributor level permissions on the WordPress installation could inject malicious scripts into different pages within the WordPress installation using uh, a short code for PowerPress. So the contributor level is basically people who are able to edit or contribute content to the WordPress installation. So you sometimes if it's a big article-based WordPress installation, they might have a contributor that can, can submit things and then it's held for approval. And it's anything kind of above that level. So if your WordPress installation is basically just you running it, this vulnerability probably doesn't concern you because people have to have that ability. But if you are somebody that has this plugin installed on something where you have a lot of co contributors and maybe not the best relationships fostered with them all the time, you want to be aware that this was something that was determined to be out there and it is a vulnerability within PowerPress. Now, the good news is there's been an update about it and the update has solved this. And that's one of the reasons why I like what WordFence does because they identify a vulnerability, they reach out and then whether or not the people fix it, they will usually at some point put out an update. And in this case, Blueberry did go and get it fixed. And the specific timeline was on April 5th, Word, WordFence determined the issue. On April 6th this year, 2023, they contacted Blueberry, sent the full information. April 7th, Blueberry apparently acknowledged the report and started on a fix. April 10th, the patch was fully done. And April 11th, they confirmed that it addressed the vulnerability. And then apparently in this situation on April 14th, there was an additional patch that was issued because there was a workaround to, I guess, whatever the patch was that they figured out was there. And then they ended up closing that as well. So it's not a massive issue. It's, it's something that depending on how your site is run, you want to be aware of that. You still should get your PowerPress all up to date. You should actually try to keep your WordPress plugins up to date. But I wanted to bring this up here today. I, I told SP about it when I came across this in my inbox. He was excited to talk about it. But one of the things that I think that we both haven't talked about a lot in a, in a while is the idea of running your own website like WordPress and being aware that there are security vulnerabilities that can come up, even in something so broadly used like PowerPress that has been around for such a long time. So keep that in mind and do your best to keep up to date because otherwise you could end up in a situation where your site is hacked. And if you don't have backups, you might be in a really bad position. Blueberry has a strong track with its PowerPress plugin. I can't remember the last time that it has had a vulnerability if it has ever had a vulnerability. I know that they had one high-level person that was a coder, basically, for Blueberry that left the company, I want to say, like two years ago or a year ago or something like that. So I'm actually kind of encouraged that they were able to respond to this so quickly once they were informed of the vulnerability, they were able to get that patch out pretty quickly. So at least we know Blueberry is still functioning on that level, right? But this is something that as a non-website coder hobby podcaster, that makes me think my best advice to you would be you probably should look at using your podcast host 
page that most podcast media hosts out there have a, a page that's available. And this is exactly why, because you don't have to worry about updating your website, uh, getting hacked with the vulnerabilities. I've heard of a lot of podcasters, even ones that know what they're doing, they end up getting hacked because they just don't have the time to routinely go in and make sure all the plugins are up to date and that sort of thing. So there is that aspect of it. But, but I know a lot of you out there that are hobby podcasters that are very much like Steven and you like to run your own website. You like to have everything under your own control. It is fun for you, the coding part of it. It might actually be the only fun thing of podcasting <laughs> for you. So, you know, go for it. Have that website, whether it's WordPress or Squarespace or, you know, whatever you're using, PodPage, I think is something that's out there as well. And I think the majority of people that want a versatile website will use WordPress and then the PowerPress plugin. Uh, we've talked about the PowerPress plugin and some of the disadvantages of of uh, information maybe uh, being passed there that you might not want to or or different things that you would have to switch on or switch off with the plugin. Uh, so if you do use any plugin, you should look into that, including the PowerPress plugin. Uh, but uh, this is uh, just a cautionary tale to maintain your vigilance with your website because there could be a vulnerability, even if you have like a, a security plugin in your podcast, that could even have a vulnerability. So you just got to make sure everything's up to date and everything's good. And if something does go massively wrong, if you can contact your web host and be able to roll back to a previous version that might not have the vulnerability, consider that as well. I'm not an expert on that, but I know, Stephen, you've tried that a couple of times before when yeah. that's come up. Yeah. I'll, occasionally I break something and I, I have to go into one of the backups on the host and, and restore back. In fact, I probably have to do that again, but not, not <laughs> security related. We'll, we'll say yeah. that's very clearly. Uh, what, I just want to support you on something. Um, you mentioned that there was, this is good that we know that PowerPress is still able to be coded because I will confess when I saw the start of this email say PowerPress, like I said, they, these, this newsletter I subscribe to, sometimes they say, hey, you should get rid of this plugin if you're using it because they have not patched it. And I was concerned when I saw that it was PowerPress for that reason, because back in the day when I was in all the different podcasts, uh, different communities and whatnot, it was always if PowerPress came up, um, someone from the Blueberry team would always say, we'll pass that along to, and I don't remember his name, but the developer. Marco. Was it Marco? They'd be like, I'll pass it along to Marco. And Marco's working on this. And it was always single name base. So I wondered after, after I guess it's Marco left, I've always wondered whether or not they still had people to be able to actively develop it. And, and so when I saw this, I kind of thought, uh-oh, do they, this is the time, is it going to be like, like, oh, this wasn't patched, but I'm so glad to see it was patched and patched fast as well. Yep. Uh, a couple of days is pretty fast when it comes to something like this. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody was, would prefer minutes, but that's just not going to happen because you have to figure out what the vulnerability is and how best to uh, get around it. Otherwise you might create an additional vulnerability. And, and just some context as well. This was uh, reported on April 6th and April 7th when it was acknowledged was a Friday. So, <laughs> so the weekend came into play there too. 
<laughs> and actually, that might be a benefit where the coders are like with their keyboards all weekend, you know, with their what, what was it in the core? Uh, I need hot pockets and uh, gosh, what was the drink? I can't. It was some ca- like jolt or some some caffeinated <laughs> beverage or whatever. So, yeah, I, I'm glad about this and we'll keep our tabs on other things in the space that are relevant to hobby podcasters as they come up. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. We got a comment in our Discord from Damien the DM this past week, and he said, ooh, unofficial third co-host? Last week, I made an off-the-cuff comment about how Damien's basically become our third co-host at this point. And, uh... The reason why I said that is because Damien's been having a lot of good messages lately. No offense to anybody else, but we've been bringing them a lot of them into the show because they've been really good conversation points. And here's another one, Damien. So there you go. I've You're the unofficial third co-host of Better Podcasting, I think. So it was you. It wasn't him that did it, first of all. And second of all, what's with Lauren? Is she our third unofficial co-host or not? Ah, uh, that's a good point. Actually, you know what? You know what? I think technically, no, no, this is accurate. This works because Lauren is actually the first co-host. Then oh, you, then okay. Damien, then yeah. me as fourth. So that's, yeah, okay. how, that's how it works. I'll, I'll roll with that. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Damien. <laughs> uh, we also had a bit of chatter in our Discord about Hindenburg. It looks like uh, there's uh, a page that's available. I'd seen the date thrown around actually about April. Is it out yeah. now? Okay, so yeah, it's, it's out, out now. April 26, 2023. Hindenburg Pro 2 is out, but when we compiled this document, there was a thing on the page of Hindenburg, and it said, you asked, we listened. Hindenburg Pro 2 is almost ready for launch. If you've been keeping an eye on your inbox, you'll have noticed that exciting things are happening at Hindenburg, and then they go on to talk about the excitement of the different requests that they've had over there. So, Hindenburg Pro 2, with a lot of chat about there. People are excited. We're, there we had some people in our Discord take a look at it. And uh, I think it was all positive feedback, actually. I think everybody loved Hindenburg. Hindenburg has some unique features to it. It's made to stitch a lot of narrative clips together. So if that would fit your podcast or your audio drama or your playthrough, I would encourage you to have a look at it. I really haven't had an opportunity to look at it myself and use it myself just because of the style of podcasts we do. But I did look at it at Podcast Movement when I went there in 2021 and was pretty impressed at it. So, yeah, I I could safely recommend Hindenburg as a viable DAW out there. I think that uh, this is the one that I was told that Pro 2 is supposed to have a video aspect to it, I think. So I might have to take a look. I, I could be wrong, but someone in our chat at some point said something about it, but Maybe I'm mixing things up. It looks just by the promotional article, it looks like there's actually video that goes along with it. So yeah, I think they're adding video there. Well, there we go. We'd love to know your thoughts on it. If you want, get in touch with us through any of the ways. Come to our Discord over at betterpodcasting.com forward slash Discord. Email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Find all of our socials over at betterpodcasting.com forward slash contact or... If you'd really like, you can hire yourself a community manager to reach out to SP and tell him your feedback. 
You don't need a community manager. You can contact me directly. <laughs> I've got an email out there, Stargate Pioneer at betterpodcasting.com. You can hit me up on the socials. More importantly, every day, Stephen and I are both on our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. That's where we're at. And talking about community managers and other people, we do have several admins on that site that are not named SP or Steven. And to those people, I say thank you very much for volunteering your time over the years to be admins on our Discord server. We really appreciate you because while we're there every day, we're not there every minute of every day. So it does help to have another set of eyes that can hit up the Discord when we're not available. So thank you very much. And having those admins make it a more friendly place to be. One of the friendliest places in geekdom to be, as a matter of fact. I agree with that. Thank you to everybody who does make it one of the, I'm going to call it the best geek community around. So please, the best geek community. please come, right. come over there to the Discord and also keep your eyes on various various star trek picard discussions you might hear a familiar voice that is a canadian on one of them at some point <laughs> i look forward to hearing you <laughs> for, for those that don't know or are just joining us for this episode i have guest produced a star trek podcast for the last 10 weeks i am done with that commitment now so i freed up like three days of my time every week for that and uh, steven's been chomping at the bit four weeks to have his say somebody finally asked him to guest and he heard the message or he read the message so he <laughs> is out there so well we'll uh i think it'll be next week it'll the podcast will be out next week we will tell everybody where to go to to get that one so for episode 276 of better podcasting i'm steven saying i finally talked star trek picard on a podcast and I'm SP saying we're looking forward to what you think about community managers. Let us know. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.